Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Kate Fenske from CN Public Affairs and joining me again is David Shinovic, CN's Director of Marketing for Grain. David, today we want to talk about country elevator infrastructure and how it's evolved in recent years. Where would you like to start? There's been a lot of change on the prairie since the first elevator was built in Western Canada in the early 1880s, and the scale and efficiency of operations is front and center in terms of that change. Before the country elevator, grain was bagged, delivered to flat warehouses, and shipped by rail and boxcars. Wooden elevators dotted the country landscape in Western Canada through the 20th century, with the peak number of elevators hitting around 6,000. Over time, wood's given way to concrete and or steel, and the horse-drawn wagon and the three-ton grain truck have been replaced with the Super B, delivering 40 tons of grain or more at once. Today, there are just over 350 licensed primary elevators in Western Canada, with a storage capacity of 7.4 million tons, and less than 100 elevators account for 80% of the grain deliveries. Now, for comparison, the physical storage capacity of the primary elevator network was 11 million tons back in 1970, when there were around 5,000 primary elevators. Over that same period, Western Canadian crop productions increased from 25 million tons to over 70 million tons typically. Grain companies continue to rely heavily on farmers to store crop on farm and gradually move it into the primary elevator system over the course of the crop year. What about the rail side of the equation? How has that changed? Well, besides much faster truck unloading and rail car loading, the number of cars that a typical country elevator can receive at once has continued to push higher, well beyond the most recent unit train standard of 100 plus cars. 100 plus doesn't mean 104 or 112 anymore. Some loop tracks out there will be able to handle 150 of the new generation high capacity 58 foot cars being built. Today, over 80% of Western Canadian grain shipped by rail moves in 100 plus car trains. Now we know for producers, bottom line is important. How does this all tie into rail freight rates? Well, up until recently, CN had three categories of block incentive rates for movement of grain in revenue cap regulated corridors. 1 to 49, 50 to 99, and 100 plus car blocks. And in order to qualify for the 100 plus car block incentive rate, a country elevator must have enough track capacity to be able to receive that block of cars in a single placement. That could be cars placed into multiple ladder tracks, a single long track, or a loop. And on top of that, the block of cars needs to be shipped to a destination that can receive the block of cars in a single placement. Now, CNs price the efficiency of cars not dwelling at origin or destination into those block efficiency rates. CN incurs locomotive dwell and increased CN crew costs when cars dwell, and that additional cost is offset with demurrage. Now, demurrage is seen by many as a penalty, but it's actually CN recouping the efficiencies already built into the rate. Producers are in the field now and harvest is underway. What's changing for the new crop year, David? Well, besides retaining the 50-car block incentive rate, there will be three levels of efficiency criteria for 100-plus car elevators. The first level will remain unchanged with a reduction of $800 per car for jumbo hopper cars from the single car rate. The second level will be CN's ready train incentive. That's an additional $50 per car, taking the incentive to $850 per car off the single car rate. Now to qualify for that incentive, an origin must have all grain hoppers released, loaded with air hoses done up, and the train line charged with power on a mobile or fixed air system charging the train line. The third level will be the loop or tangent track incentive with an additional $150 per car incentive beyond the ready train incentive for direct CN served origins. And that takes the overall incentive to $1,000 per car off the single car rate. Now here, the origin has to be capable of accepting and releasing a minimum of 100 grain hoppers in one continuous string of cars in a single track. In addition, the facility must be connected to CN's rail infrastructure by a power switch that can be operated remotely by CN. David, what is driving these incentives? Well, a primary focus here is on safety. CN wants our crews and the employees at the elevators to be safe on the job. The more we can reduce the time required to manually switch cars, 
throw switches, and walk tracks to connect air hoses, the safer it is. CN is creating a bigger incentive for customers to put in radio-controlled switches as well. And CN's also incenting one long track to deliver and pull cars from. That means no switching required and just a walk to the car behind the locomotive to disconnect it. This is all about safety. Efficiency comes with this for the railway and the elevator, but safety is the priority. Thanks so much for your time, David. And thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN. 